he's lazy, he's suitably needy, he's pretty heavy when he's crawling on top of you. Hello and welcome to the Pepper Pod. I'm Eddie Pepperell, and with me is. This is good. I like the fact that you're you're introducing it now. This is this is what you should be doing, as a step forward as a broadcaster. In fact, you can tell us. You can do a sort of trail of what's coming up, what we're doing what? today on, on the Pepper Pod. We've got coming up today. We've got Podreg. Um, Podreg Harrington is here, the Ryder Cup captain. So look forward to a chat with him. What else have we got? We've got we've got my uh, wonderful feature, Eddie recommends, um, which you seem to uh, oh, you hijacked last week, which I thought was unfair. But there we go. Um, we've also got uh, is there how's the Alan? Is there a golfer called Alan? Name a golfer called Alan. Right. This is just this. I'm going to stop you. This is this is bad. So right. Okay. Just hold hold my white wine spritzer. Coming up on the pod today. We'll be chatting to Podrick Harrington about the Ryder Cup, Massive Dogs and his weird basement. Meanwhile, is your golf course still open? We'll look into how clubs and golfers are coping. What about the pros? Georgia Hall's dancing in her kitchen, Kepka's hitting 320-yard left-handed drives and, of course, Eddie is eating enormous amounts of meat. Plus, there aren't many golfers called Alan and much, much more, all coming up on the Pepper Pod. I could have done that if I'd have had the music, Andrew. Possibly, but possibly not. So the question that we're always asking at the start of every podcast, everyone's asking, what have you been up to um, in the week since we last spoke? Because uh, a lot has happened, of course. But uh, yeah, what have you been up to in uh, in the last week? What have I been up to? Very, very little, as you can probably imagine. And I suspect, as everyone is listening, um, is also experiencing, I... Uh yeah, no, I, I've really been doing nothing. I've, I have been to the gym a couple of times, but that's now shut. Um, I thought you had a home gym. Yeah, we're going to have to start using the home gym now. So we cleared that out over the last couple of days. So that, that was a job which was enjoyable. It's amazing how the most mundane of jobs, like even putting the bins out now, feels like something that's quite exciting. It's um, quite an adventure, isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> Yeah. You're out in the fresh air and you can make quite an expedition of it. I, so, uh, I almost... I almost want it to be really windy so the bins blow over and everything goes everywhere. So I have to tidy it up, which takes an hour. Um, but but um, the weather that's seems to be beautiful down there. Yeah, the, well, that's the thing. I don't know whether that's a good or it is a good thing because the weather is set fair for the next few weeks. But everyone's sort of inside under under house arrest. Everyone's posting videos online. Not everyone, but a lot of people posting videos online of them doing amazing gym workouts or, or smashing the ball left-handed, which I'm sure we'll talk about. This is, I think that's, Probably the truth distortion of social media again, just a bit heightened just now. Nobody's, as ever, nobody's posting the true existence of this house arrest, which is just watching old episodes of Heart to Heart on the Sony channel. Well, that's my existence. But then, and and then some people are feeling that they need to, to post some grandstanding pulpit sermon, which just gets them in trouble. Did you, did you, did you see Aunt Middleton? Do you know Aunt, Mid- Aunt Middleton? You see what I, he? I I don't know him, but um. I, is, is he part of? He's, he's a super army soldier. Isn't he? <laughs> That's right. I saw you. Actually, I, did. I saw you. I think you did. You tweet because Aunt Middleton. If people don't know, anyway, I don't know why we're talking about Aunt Middleton on our golf podcast. But Aunt Middleton is what Aunt Middleton did was he hosts um, Who Dares Wins. He's a former 
I think he's SBS rather than SAS, Special Boat Service. But he posted this bizarre thing, which is basically just him saying he's just going to take on COVID-19. He's just going to keep on living his life and doing what he always does. One of the things he said he was, he was going to keep on doing was cuddling fans at the airport. Why is he doing that before COVID-19? What's yeah. I, That's just weird. People just come for a selfie and he's going, oh, come here, you. Or people are just at the airport to meet their meet their uncle off a flight, and he's just yeah. grabbing random people for a, for a hug. Oh, he, he just came across as astonishingly arrogant and irresponsible at the same time. Which, um, I mean, I'm a golfer. I'm around golfers, and and so I've seen it all. But he um, he nailed it. I, well, I couldn't believe what I was watching or listening to. Yeah, it's pretty but, disgraceful. But I, I, I'd like to sort of make some sort of excuse for it, and that everyone's going a bit, uh, a bit stir crazy mad at the moment and taking polemic points of view or whatever. I don't know that. Uh, but, but <laughs> did you not say that? I think you, you, you retweeted <laughs> what he'd said with um, that you called him a super army soldier, which I think is from extras. Is it from extras? That was it uh, is from extras. No, someone, someone someone's... tweeted me calling me calling me an effing whopper. Um, and correcting me that it's actually special air service, which um, I did know, but obviously he missed he missed the extras reference, which I thought was brilliant. Listen, when you yeah, I I want to use Twitter in the nice way uh, at the moment because you know we should, but it's still easy to catch uh, those people out. It seems, and it was too good. It was too big a fish, I suppose. To uh, it was too big a catch not to make public. Super army soldier. Um, anyway, he, he backtracked furiously the next day. So everyone's doing stuff on social media. Uh, Rory McIlroy has been <laughs> absolutely hammering it on Peloton. Um, I mean, I think his home gym is sort of two David Lloyds combined. And he just, he's got, I'm so envious of his home gym. So what did, what did you say when you were clearing out your shed or whatever it was? What equipment do you have in your home gym? Well, I have a proper bike, which is called an assault bike. Um... Super Army soldier bike. Yeah, none of this uh, Peloton stuff. This is a proper bike. I think I've used it half a dozen times in the few years I've had it. Um, I'm just looking at the photo you sent me of Rory, actually. He does look really sweaty. He looks slim, doesn't he? he? I've noticed this this year. He looks very slim. His hair looks like Malcolm. He looks like Malcolm Gladwell. He actually looks like he's got the early onset of Malcolm Gladwell coming on, which, listen, is good because Malcolm's obviously extremely clever, but he... Um, doesn't look that well all the time, but he's probably a vegan. He needs to eat more bone broth, Malcolm Gladwell. That would be my observation. Um, I wondered when we were going to get to bone broth. I used to, you posted a picture of, was that was just a sort of chicken surprise, basically? Turkey. Turkey, I'm, was it? Oh, even better. Well, not for the turkey, but even better for everyone, because that's even lower fat, isn't it? I don't... Well, yeah, see, now that isn't great on this diet, but um, from a broth perspective, it was pretty nice, because we pulled all the turkey, we put the skin in there with the turkey, but it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Do you not really have good. massive cravings for fruit or something? Oh, nice satsuma. I don't. Interestingly, people who do this diet do say that, um, you know, fruit is where they tend to gravitate towards, believe it or not, not vegetables. So uh, I, I've had very little sugar cravings, which has been fantastic for me, because, you know, those who know me would know that I'd go through a Terry's chocolate orange a night and a couple of boxes of milk tray a week and... You know, I was well on the way to type two, and now I would say I'm I'm negative. I'm like the blood sugar levels of Henrik's uh, temperament. Mm, excellent. Um, right. Okay. So we were actually supposed to, we were planning to record this at Frilford Heath, which is your old stomping ground or your current stomping ground as well. But that's yeah. um, 
is that the one where you got disqualified? Is it, did you get disqualified from the club championship or do something? Did you smash up a pool table after? I can't remember. what. This is how stories get passed on. But I remember chatting to you and there was something about a club championship at Frilford Heath. Or am I making that up entirely? No, me? that's been quite embellished. Um, what actually happened Good. is I, I whacked the chairman around the head with a pool cue. That's, um, I haven't embellished it then. I've reduced it. You hit the... <laughs> no. No, so that's not what happened. I um, I missed a five foot putt on the blue course on the fifth green for birdie and uh, lost lost my head and whacked the putter into the green. I did what I thought at the time was a pretty good uh, reparation job, but someone spitefully came up the group behind me and pulled up the divot that I'd kind of put back in and uh, made it look a lot worse than it it was after I'd repaired it. If that makes sense. Right. Were you and, a young uh, Tyrrell Hatton, basically? I was pretty bad. I wouldn't say I was as bad as Tyrrell. I mean, he's you know he's off the chain. He's 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 uncontrolled he's unhinged Tyrrell um really got problems whereas I haven't but mm. um no I, I was quite bad 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 to the bone bad to the bone broth um so golf courses golf this is the general thing because people are, are still being encouraged to get outside and exercise without bec- coming in contact with people maintaining that sort of exclusion zone around around each person so golf courses are open and I think again for the general mental well-being of people that is a very important thing Clubhouses, though, are not. And I suppose with golf courses being open, you need you need greenkeeping staff to maintain them, or are they just sort of letting them letting them grow a little bit? I mean, I'd like to find out, you know, how courses are carrying on. But do you know what's happening at uh, at Frilford? I think they're still open. Um, I believe the clubhouse may be shut. If it's not shut, then there's some kind of line um, at a certain distance away from the bar, and I think they've put dart boards up. Uh, hmm. across the bar, the bar uh, you play darts um, no I, I really have no idea I think the course is still open though but I've I was supposed to be doing something this week with uh, with uh, Sky believe it or not but hmm. I um, I do believe it you're good for you um, I declined uh, well I said I declined I had agreed but I just kind of I feel a little bit I don't know I feel really torn on it I get that they're open I think it's great because we need to keep people as sane as possible, and that does mean getting out and about if, if and where we can. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to be seen and then it be made something of on Twitter because, you know, I'm such a big deal now. <laughs> and in six weeks' time, it gets really, really bad, and people look back and look at how irresponsible I was. Um, you know, I don't know if I can be bothered dealing with that crap on Twitter, but, uh, you know, strange times. I mean, the only part on the earth... Chernobyl. I mean, they they probably. I was going to make a joke there. Go on, where? Yeah, <laughs> I could almost hear the brakes going on there before. Um, was your lawyer looking at you? One of your two lawyers looking at you and just frowning and saying, "No, no, no." I've actually locked the lawyers in the shed for this podcast today. As I'm at home, so uh, there. Uh... Shed is it a nice shed? I don't like to think of your uh, your your furry lawyers being locked in a shed. Pip really likes the shed because I've been visiting the shed a lot recently because we've got a big chest freezer in to stuck up on meat. Are you so one of the people who's been hoarding uh, no, empty no. shells of meat? Listen, things? I'll be honest. I For about a year ago, I, I kind of stocked up on a month's worth of food. I'm personally of the opinion you should always be. You should always have a month's worth of food. So I've done that for a long time. But um, there you go. Little little known fact about Eddie Pepperell. He's uh, a bit of a prepper. Okay. Are you? Yes. Yeah, one of these sort of uh, people that lives in Montana in a log cabin with uh, ammunition and uh, a sort of nuclear fallout shelter. Right, uh, yes, so actually one of my uh, colleagues who is, uh, yes, probably out of work as well at the moment, is so he's saying he's playing a bit of golf, 
Um, and so you're not you're allowed to play, uh, allowed to keep a distance from your playing partners. You're not allowed to play for money because then you'd be handing over money or taking money. The pins have got to be kept in, no taking out of the pins. You're not allowed. There's no other way to put it. You're not allowed to to, to sort of ha- you know handle each other's balls. You're not allowed to. I mean, I don't. Well, I'm not. I'm, I can't think of any other way to say that. You're not allowed to you know pick the ball up if you say that's good, and throw it to them or whatever. You're not allowed to do any of that. So it's just all being. All being sensible. Um, right, where are we? Where are we with the golf calendar? So since we last spoke, I mean, it seems such a long time ago that it, because everything happened so quickly. So the USPGA at Harding Park in San Francisco has been postponed. I mean, that was that was inevitable. So now you've got two majors uh, on the men's side of things vying for the end of the year because the Masters obviously already postponed. I see there are rumours that, I mean, there are going to be a lot of rumours in this time, that the Masters, I think they were talking about the second week end of October, there's been a spike in accommodation booking in the Augusta area. And people thinking that, ah, they might have told some people, some uh, whoever it might be, officials, governing bodies, that that is what they're going for so they can... I mean, there's a little-known fact that um, all governing bodies in sport would tell broadcasters well ahead of the public when events are going to be so that um, you can get plans in place. So perhaps, there we are, let's add to the rumour mill that it might be it might be heading for the second second weekend of October. You would know, you're a broadcaster, world famous broadcaster, any insight? I'm not in the I'm not in the loop. I'm a sort of maverick broadcaster on the outside. Just does what he wants. Um, that's, well, that's obvious, I suppose. Doing a podcast with me. Um, interesting. You mentioned accommodation at Augusta last year. It was the first year I ever went to Augusta, yes. and I rented a house out for me and the family and a couple of friends. And it was pricey, right? You know, I, I went for it. Uh, it was pricey. Um, it was twenty thousand dollars. That's how much it cost for a week. For the week. But anyway, we had a flood. Um, it was really wet and kind of early part of the week and. Come the Friday or the Saturday, we noticed some water coming through the ceiling. And basically, there was water damage. Long story short, there was water damage, and we ended up getting sued. The guy who, um, house we rented from, he tried to sue us. He was threatening to take me to court mm-hmm. uh, in the state of Georgia. He filed a lawsuit. I oh, had got no. my insurance involved. It was a nightmare for two or three months. Lawyers out the shed? Uh, Pip and Gus did come out the shed for that one. They helped me out. Mm-hmm. And um, in the end, I refused to pay because I was like, it's just not, not our fault in any way, shape or form. I think the insurance ended up paying out, but uh, they were reluctant to as well. It was okay. It was a nightmare of a story. So I've got no desire to go back to uh, Augusta anytime soon and, and rent a place. If I, in fact, if I go there, I'm probably just going to camp outside on the main street there and just, just go in every day. Did you actually just leave the bath running upstairs in that no. house? Um, no. Okay, that was maybe their case. Well, that's interesting because on Ti- Tiger Woods, I don't know if you read the, uh, the great uh, book, expose book about Tiger. And again, uh, my lawyers are now frowning the little furry brows. But it's not, it's, it's out there anyway that he, uh, apparently, he used to rent from the same... Uh, the same woman each year and that there was never any they, they always used to leave the house in a bit of a, a state and she was never very happy with it so there you go, again that's not a great story but it, it is when it's told better uh, better told than that in the book the other thing, and we're going to be talking to Podrick Harrington and maybe dialing up in the next sort of 15-10-15 minutes or so, I mean I'll be editing this so it'll it'll sound as if he's just joining us anyway but he is going to, as we record, he's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes or so but I'm thinking about the Ryder Cup because, um, again, there have been suggestions and a report from uh, Jamie Corrigan, very good journalist, very well connected, uh, writing in the Telegraph, said that um, the Ryder Cup is, is going you know, to be moving to next year. And then that was quickly knocked down by the US Ryder Cup um, 
official account, I don't know what it was, you, a team, you, I mean, it must have been the PGA of America knocking it back and saying that's not the case. But it kind of it kind of would make sense in many ways. I don't know how the qualification process would even work for players if they played it this year now. Well, yeah, that was something you raised yesterday, actually, and I um, I didn't think of and totally agree with you. Uh, in fact, I think Podrig also raised the... Well, he tweeted saying about how that, that's rubbish, basically, the rumour that, that James Gorrigan came out, which I thought was quite interesting. If it isn't rubbish, um, then I guess it shows how not privy to information the captain is. But uh, with regards to the qualification, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. If we don't get back until July or September or August, I suppose, um, then, you know, yeah, the qualification criteria will be way out of whack and uh, you'll have missed a significant portion of the season that I suppose... Well, Podrick was possibly hoping that you know certain big players would were, were doing well in because uh, right now they won't be in it. So, um, yeah. I mean, we'll be chatting, we'll be chatting to Podrick and hearing the, the official side of things, I'm sure. But I mean, there, of course, contingency plans will have been thought of, and it's it's actually not. If you think about it more, the Ryder Cup moving back to odd years is not a bad idea. It moved. Of course, uh, 2001 was supposed to be held, and then 9/11 happened, so it moved to 2002, has and has been in the even years since. But if it were in the odd years, then every other Ryder Cup, you're not contending with the Olympics. And that the odd years are a little bit more, in terms of general big events, are a little bit more fallow than the even years, which are, you know, even earlier in the summer are, are in football terms, European Championship or World Cup years. So it makes it makes a bit of sense, actually, to move it back to odd years. But again, does that mean that does that mean that it clashes with the Solheim Cup, however? Well, yes, that is the consideration. So then would the Solheim Cup then take a decision to... I mean, it's, te- it's, it's terrible that there's a sort of hierarchy of tournaments within golf and ones are able to throw their weight around a little bit more in the, you know, as well, a crude way of putting it. But the, perhaps yeah. the Solheim Cup would then move a year. So, I mean, it's so complicated. And everyone's just making things up on the hoof at the moment. But I know all the governing bodies... And from all the various tours and governing bodies within golf are trying to get together and do it collaboratively rather than just saying, we're going to do this and you can work around us. Well, yeah, but the Solheim Cup could move to a, a lesser channel like the BBC. It's already on the BBC. Highlights on the BBC, which get high, higher viewing figures than anything else. So just you uh, just you rein it in. I'll, just, I'll be happy to commentate on anything. I'm going to commentate on... I'm going to commentate on Olive and Mabel eating their breakfast tomorrow. Yeah, so did you see the video I sent, the link I sent you to Nick Heath? I haven't looked at it yet, so I know Nick Heath. Yeah, Nick Heath commentates in rugby, does various things, commentates in rugby as well. What's he been up to? Absolutely fantastic. He's done a series of commentaries, I suppose, on just everyday life. And his one about Waitrose is brilliant. He's called it the... Um, he's called it the middle class arena, which really tickled me. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I, I'm going. I'm going to watch that. I'm not going to watch it live. I'm going to watch it after this pod. But I'm actually doing. I'm appearing on his podcast later this week. So listen out for that, folks. Uh, you oh, lucky, actually, lucky people. Yes, go on. I um. So I appeared on Talksport on Saturday on our behalf to promote the podcast. Mm. Which um. Was that with George went, Georgie Bingham? That's right, Georgie and Tony Cascarino. Tony Cascarino. And, uh, yeah, now not I in any actually, way Irish, but played for Ireland. Actually, he did have a tenuous connection, I think. Yeah, so he. Um, I was going to mention this on the, the Eddie recommends, but I will mention it now. Great book. I was really disappointed with myself that I forgot to mention that when I spoke to him. But really good book um, called Full Time, I believe, written by Paul Kimmage, who is an Irishman. Oh, he's a very um, good journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very good. But uh, no, I did our bit there. Andrew went down a storm by uh, no account and. Uh, I'm actually doing another podcast on Tuesday as well, so we're both cheating on each other next week. Um, 
Yeah, but there's so many podcasts now. So many podcasts. But yeah, well, I'll tell you, well, we'll come into Eddie Recommends uh, shortly. But there are so many podcasts out there and everyone is just podcast binging at the moment. But I would say I'm very grateful to everyone who's subscribed and has listened and has downloaded to this nonsense so far as we come to episode three. Um, because it's uh, it's had quite a good take up. So uh, we're glad you're enjoying it. On the world rankings, they've been paused. Uh, they have put a pause on the world rankings. There was a danger with the way the algorithms work for the world rankings, the way they worked out, that is, if, if this break had gone on long enough, I think Tyrrell Hatton would have been world number one after a while without hitting a shot after his win at Bay Hill because if no one else had played because he was on an upward curve. Again, Nosferatu, who's the, he's the, he's the guru of world rankings on Twitter. If you look him up, he'll, he'll be able to confirm that. But I think Tyrrell Hatton might have risen to world number one uh, if the break had gone on long enough. I think the break would have to go on till about 2022. But who knows? So where are you paused? Yeah. Are you at 60, 64? Well, or? yeah, I'm glad they've paused it. I was uh, free-falling quicker than Tom Petty. But um, I, interestingly, the week after, if Tyrrell, if say it was... Sadly missed you know, Tom Petty. Is he dead? Is he? I didn't know that. That's the a last shame. Year, I think, um, Oh, how did he die? Do you know? Um, I don't think it's. I I think he. I think it might have been. I'm actually going to again. My lawyers are looking at me, so this is going to be quite tricky to edit this one. So, I might just come out with a bit of uh, dog barking. Um, so there we are. So See, now, uh, I was Tom Petty I, sadly missed. I was disappointed last week. You barked over what I considered was my favourite joke of the week, and I can't make it because you'll bark over it again. But um, I will. I just want the they listenership will. to know that. Andrew is still applying a level of political correctness to this podcast that I am deeply unsatisfied with. It's not but political correctness. I think you're a funny, funny man, Eddie. But um, it's not just uh, legally questionable things that they bark over. They are also arbiters of good taste as well. And I thought that, or they thought rather, that they should step in at that time there. I like it as well because people that can then can try and uh, just um, guess what you might have been saying. And they'll usually come up with something even worse than you were well, saying. So That's the thing. They would never guess that. It was... It was, I thought, genuinely funny. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say about the Bengal Open. Was it the week after Tyrrell won? He would then be the world number one. Does oh yes. Oh, who won the, the in Calcutta? Yes. Um, yeah. So he might actually because it was the week after Tyrrell won. Yes. Yeah, so I think he took over. I should I should look that up. I should pause and look that up. But I I can't, that's right. He did win a young Indian guy, and he would be top of the world rankings come twenty twenty three. Anyway, listen. Uh, but just before we speak to Podrick, who's hopefully going to join us soon, or maybe he's joined us. He's he's dialed up, and then he's just had to listen to what we're talking about, and he's just quietly pressed the the uh, dial down button. Golfers filling their time because uh, Podrick has been doing a bit of this. But generally speaking, we've seen a lot of left handed golf shots of Kepka, Johnson, uh, Thomas. So Dustin Johnson carried it 294 left-handed. And you, did you see Brooks mm. Kepka's one? Dustin carried it further than Brooks, did he? I didn't. I think they both carried it at the same distance. I think Brooks Kepka was 294 as well or thereabouts. Oh. I actually I thought Brooks Brooks's swing looked unbelievable. I couldn't believe how good he looked swinging it left-handed. Um I, I mean, wondered if they'd flipped it, if they just. But then I saw his follow-through wasn't quite on balance. But I thought initially, oh, they've just flipped that. That's because that was a that was a proper swing. It was unbelievable. I mean, you know, Ricky, they all had pretty good swings, but they all looked a bit, you know, like your swing, awkward. Mm. But Brooks's swing, athletic didn't and look, awkward, yes. Yeah, it didn't look awkward. Um, it looked powerful. It just goes to show he is. Probably just behind me in the athleticism stakes in golf, world golf. Um, you know, he is right up there. What a what an athlete. 
Uh, so is your left-handed swing you we should try you should try this actually next time you're hitting balls if you're ever hitting balls again try get a left-handed club from your your brother Joe in the pro shop in Oxford or whatever and get um ha- have a shot at a left-handed drive because I think we do need to see Eddie Purple's best left left-handed swing mm, I'm not so sure we do to be honest okay Dustin Johnson did it with a glove on his still a glove on his right hand I'm not sure he quite understood that um left hand yeah so yeah so he didn't switch it to his right hand sorry yeah right. so he kept his glove on his his left hand um, yeah. bless him um, well, Georgia Hall has been uh, dancing with her, her partner is it fiance Harry on, on TikTok do you do TikTok I have no idea what TikTok is and so don't do TikTok don't even know what TikTok is um, Georgia Hall's been dancing is she I might have to get TikTok uh, and uh, Bryson DeChambeau can you imagine how good his gaming is right now or what weight he's up to with his bulking regime whatever oh. but he <laughs> Funny enough, you mentioned gaming. I pulled my PlayStation 4 out of the cupboard yesterday. I haven't done it for years. Um, I've actually got Call of Duty downloading now. Um, it's taking 40 hours to download. That can't be right. What? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't I, I'm, don't know. I might have to go out and buy something which would be the most unessential travel possible, so I probably won't go out and buy. So what game does Brooks... Uh, Brooks, Brooks definitely doesn't play games. Um, what game Bryson. does Bryson play? Fortnite. Fortnite. He plays Fortnite. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he t- so he does it as well, talking about it on Twitch, which is a thing where you're just sort of conversing with, and you're you're kind of broadcasting as you. This is a commentary. You broadcast as you're sort of gaming, and he's conversing with whoever he's playing. You know, twelve year old in Indonesia, he's playing against. So he would say all sorts of. I think just before Abu Dhabi, he was gaming, and he said that he said to this guy that he was playing a game against that oh, I might not be going out to Abu Dhabi, or <laughs> and so everyone was getting a bit concerned that he was making press announcements that uh, about his game and where he was going to be while playing Fortnite. But anyway, we should we should sign up and try and do a chat with um, with Bryson DeChambeau on Twitch. Um, yeah. Anyway, I um, think he'd be quite a good guest on the podcast. Maybe we could invite him on after the week after Patrick. I mean, that would be... We've got Patrick lined up. Yeah, we've got... Um, actually, Podrig is, is nearly here, which is going to be better. Actually, Andrew, just before we speak to Podrig, we're going to go into my feature, okay. which is uh, Eddie Recommends. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite good if you like that sort of thing. All right, okay, here we are. Eddie recommends again. So, what are you, what are you recommending for us all this week? This week, I've got a book to recommend. Um, not particularly, not particularly a fun book, but quite a relevant book. I was thinking, I was looking at my little book collection, of which I've probably read a third, but have the rest for show because that's the kind of guy I am. And I thought, what could I recommend? And my eyes came across a book by Mervyn King, who was the former governor of the Bank of England. Mm-hmm. And it's called The End of Alchemy. Yeah, right. Now, you have read it. So, yes. you know, I thought it's relevant because it's really a book about the, after the financial crisis 2008. And it's quite relevant to that and with the monetary policy. But I thought it was relevant today because of what's been going on and, and the policies that the Bank of England introducing. And indeed, Rishi Sunak, the, the, the uh, I know it's not related to the Bank of England as such, but the, um, well, what, what would he be? He'd be the Treasury guy, wouldn't he, at the government? I mean, I would, the say, guy. I would say the Chancellor of the Exchequer rather than Treasury That's right. guy. Chancellor of the Exchequer, just like Alistair um, Black Eyebrows guy used to be. And what Darling. a job these Alistair Darling. Um, but I just Sorry, thought it was a good book to read. I mean, what a what a what a uh, what a section Eddie recommends. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, that was full of fact. It is a, it is actually a very good book and, and well worth reading. Um, can I jump in and recommend something in the Eddie recommends section, or is that not allowed anymore? Because I think I'll give you one one opportunity. Okay. Incidentally, well, the viewing figures for Silicon Valley, uh, which I recommended last week, spiked massively. It's like when 
Oprah Winfrey would recommend a book on her book club, or Richard and Judy did it on this one. We're more Richard and Judy. But the producers of Silicon Valley, the stars of it, pretty much everyone from HBO, in fact, got in touch to say thanks, just thanks, Andrew, for recommending our, our programme because we were struggling until you recommended it on the Pepper Pod. So I'm recommending a book as well, a series of books, The Flashman Books by George MacDonald Fraser. Um, I mean, the premise is that the the sort of anti-hero, the villain of the Tom Brown School Days book, uh, who's Harry Flashman, the bully of rugby school, it's uh, imagining if he had grown up in his life after that in the 19th century, and he basically is worked into various uh, key events in history throughout the 19th century. So it might be the Charge of the Light Brigade or or uh, meeting Custer or Bismarck or uh, uh, there are so many, the, the Indian Mutiny, the Retreat from Kabul. It, it, they are just fantastic, beautifully written, uh, just great sort of uh, adventure romps, but with a real historical education to them as well. So there's a whole series as well. So you can lose yourself, escape from all this nonsense and go back to um, uh, 19th century with uh, the Flashman books by George MacDonald Fraser. Oh, what a fantastic recommendation and a riveting feature. Now, wait till you see those book sales. Yeah, that's quite good if you like that sort of thing. Well, Padre Harrington has joined us from, I presume, your home. It's almost a redundant question these days. Whoever we speak to, they're always just in their home and have been there for many, many months. So is that where you are just now, Padre? Yeah, at home. Uh, I suppose it's only a couple of weeks now at this stage. But, uh, you know, it's strange times, that's for sure. Uh, very, very strange times. But they, back here in Ireland, we seem to be reacting pretty well to it. Uh, oh, hang on, I've got another call really coming in. Doing... I'm going to ignore this call. Sorry, hang a second. There's another call. Tell coming. Patrick he's a week early. It's not, uh, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie believes Patrick Reid is going to be clamouring to come on this podcast, but uh, I'm not sure he is. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on, Patrick. Yeah, it just, uh, yeah, social distancing seems to be working here well in terms of people are, uh, most people are paying attention to it. And, you know, it's, uh, I think, uh, hopefully... As I said, it's very, very strange times, but hopefully they're getting some control over here. Can I just say, if if you are social distancing or being under house arrest, which is another way of looking at it, that the best place to be is in Podrick Harrington's house. I mean, he would find it a bit weird if we were there with him, but the, what, how would you describe your basement, your man cave, and everything that is therein? It might suggest that... Uh, I like a bit of social distancing when I don't have to have it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is extraordinary. So as far as I can recall, there are uh, sort of vintage arcades, games, a table tennis table, was there a pool table as well? Yeah, you know, we we uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not very good at DIY, but we decided that we needed to move the tennis table, table up uh, into another room because just to have a bit more space. And uh, myself and my son tried to lift it up, but it doesn't fit. So I'm going to have to take the wheels off it. Uh, yeah, I'm just not great at DIY, but that needs to be done. We need to bring it into a uh, a more accessible place for it to be used more. But this is but the table tennis table is one that sort of you've got a serving. It serves at you as well, and so you can just. Hit I do. The- I do have a robot. Yes, but. Uh, You'd be surprised. The, the robot's good if you if you're into it, want to do some practice. But I think with most people with table tennis, it's uh, it's trying to find somebody of your own skill level, uh, whatever level that's at, and trying to beat the hell out of them. I mean, the other thing about the 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 Podrick Harrington Fun Palace, as it is now known, is that you have got a little. It's not a little course in your in your garden, but it's you've got you've got a couple of holes there to to hit balls. I have practice facilities. Uh, <laughs> You know, I can work from home. Yes, I have a, a like an indoor 
uh, simulator uh, and outdoor greens and shots I can hit do do everything I needed to do uh, before this crisis I can I can continue to do that at home and uh, yeah sometimes you know if we weren't in these difficult times sometimes I wonder is having all the facilities a little too close to home uh, and I can get a bit lazy and do all my work here when uh, it would often be better to go to a golf course and do do practice rather than I... you know the, the worst kind of practice is on a range uh but then other times it's of great benefit to have the facilities because like if it's, you know, if I'm sitting there, if it's 45 minutes to, I don't know, to dinner, let's say, I can just skip out the back and spend 45 minutes chipping and walk back in sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a great facility when you have short on time, but probably not a great facility when you've got lots of time. Well, the well, from my perspective, I and maybe yours as well, but obviously having something at house would mean you wouldn't have to go to the club to speak to any members. That's brilliant. Um, I saw the video of you hitting balls yesterday, Podrake, and you were hitting them over your house. And from the angle of the video, you couldn't exactly see how long your house was. But I figured if you, your house must have been quite shallow for you not to be hitting the house. Did you hit the house at any point in that drill yesterday? No, it was just a funny camera angle. Uh, No, the house doesn't. I can hit from a lot further. I do actually hit some shots. I can hit a five iron. Uh, actually, in the winter, I could hit like as far as a hybrid, and, uh, but I'd have to go over the house because I'm, I'm hitting across the property. But I have a hundred and, hundred and seventy-five yards, about a hundred and fifty yard shot in the garden that I don't need to go over the house. It's just a, it's it's a tight enough angle. Have I ever hit the house? Of course I have. Uh, have I ever broken a window? Only when I'm inside going out have I broken a window. Oh. I've never broken a window on the outside. But I have hit a few windows and I've hit a few different things, a good few slates and things. As you know, Eddie, when you play golf, and especially when you practice, it will throw up the odd shot at times that you just wonder where did that come from. Hmm. You've got, you, I mean, your gym rivals Rory's as well. I can see that being the, the, the competition for his indoor gym. Uh, well, my gym has everything I, I could ever possibly need. So it's not about... There's, I, I actually had original gym. It's a pre-core gym, which is uh, part of the Wilson Company. So I originally stocked it with lots of stuff and actually cleaned it out because of you. You actually find if if you use a gym, you actually need more space. Uh, you need a, a good area for movement uh, rather than anything else. Uh, so yeah, it's like my gym, like for what I need in a gym, or like if over the years I've. I've added things but mainly taking things out so you know for an athlete you need you obviously need a lifting rack you need some free free uh, dumbbells you need some cardio equipment and you need some uh, a, a pulley yoke that's it hmm. there's, there's nothing really more yet the only specialized piece of equipment i have in my gym in terms of that a regular punter wouldn't i, I have a leg extension that you would see in a normal gym because obviously I, I struggle a bit with my knees, and I do need to work on the alignment of my of my kneecap and things like that. So, but that's the probably the only superfluous piece for most people. A few dumbbells, if you're into your lifting, a lifting rack, and some sort of pulley, and one cardio, and you're you're good to go. Uh, people tend to over overfit gyms, that's for sure. Mm, I like to shift a bit of uh, a bit of tin. Does Ping's parent company Eddie have a? Do they do gym equipment at all? Do do you have any of those? Um, I. Think they're owner of churches, and that's about all I know. Okay. Um, 
good. That's a good good time to get get into that. What well, speaking of uh, Wilson, how is Wilson? Your is, I, I, is he a Bernese Mountain dog? What what? He's is, a Bernese Mountain dog. Yes, he he's is big. great. He's big. He's getting big. He's he's what would be probably oh, he's eight eight months now. He's he's height now. He's starting to fill out. He's pretty heavy when he's crawling on top of you. He's he's exactly what you would what you would want in a dog. He's, he's suitably lazy, suitably needy. Uh, he always wants a bit of, he just loves attention. He loves to sleep, but he wants to be, you know, if if, if, if you're there, he always wants to put a paw on you or, 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 or lie against your feet. He just needs that. He loves the physical contact and company. So uh, I, sub- I we could ask for no more in a dog. Hmm. He sounds a bit like Aunt Middleton, to be honest. But I think that's great. Having a, a needy a needy dog is the best kind of dog to have because you don't want one that just keeps himself to himself or herself. But um, we, I mean, we have got serious matters in golf, obviously, Podrick. Because I mean, and everyone's sort of staring blindly into the future and just sort of guessing. But the Ryder Cup is, you know, it gets closer and closer. And you know, we talk about there must be sort of contingency plans in place uh, should the worst come to the worst. But it's uh, it's a a tricky time to be to be a captain or to be involved with the Ryder Cup. Well, you know, I have to plan day to day, and 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 you know, golf is suspended or not suspended, postponed all the way through to the middle of May. Uh, but you know, the Ryder Cup is September. I got to plan day to day that you know, and we we are we're, we're we we're still having meetings and working on getting this getting this organised. Obviously, uh, you know, logistical issues have been thrown up in terms of of you know supplies and you know all that sort of stuff but we're on top of it we're planning uh, and the intention at the moment is as you say to 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 plan as normal not as normal but to plan in these extraordinary times uh for a ryder cup in september yeah i mean even things like uh, qualification process becomes so truncated as well but i know these are very, all hypotheticals at the moment and we don't really know what's happening but it it, just, it becomes so complicated yeah i think that, that, that that's you know they're doing as many mathematical modelling on the points for the race to Dubai and the Ryder Cup as they can. But clearly, you know there's so many scenarios, so many possibilities going forward about uh, that nobody has control over. So while they are endeavouring to figure out a way, they, 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 like let's let you can put the Ryder Cup aside for the moment. What's you know far more important for professional for professional golfers, not not far more important than this this world but for golfers you know the race to Dubai point how do people stand there are, mm. are people are we you know you know people are going to lose their card hopefully not because of this and uh, you know what I'm well most professional golfers are in a very nice uh, comfortable position there are plenty of professional golfers on the fringe of it who are genuinely you know if they don't have somewhere to play and somewhere to 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 make a living you know, they're struggling to pay their bills just like everybody else. So, you know, while at the top there is, you know, there is extremes in, in our sport too. Uh, at the top, it's it's a very lucrative sport and, uh, you know, players making big money have obviously got nothing, uh, no real worries. Uh, but the guys down the bottom who are worried about their card and their livelihood and, you know, for some of them, they need to make, you know, they need, need to make as much money as they can in, in the three, four years that they mm. the card or four, five, six years to, you know, basically supplement their pension for the rest of their life. Uh, you know, these are very stressful times for those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, could they lose their card over this? Uh, especially if 
you know, if they reset the year or something like, you know, the guys have started well, if they, they I, I'm sure they can cover both scenarios and, and essentially give, you know, make sure that everybody gets a fair crack at the whip to, to, to get their playing privileges and, and keep going uh, when we all come out the other side of this. Yeah, I, I, mean, I saw one mathematical modelling project which actually had me at the top of the Ryder Cup points list, so you must be thrilled about that. And similar to the Ryder Cup, did, I did, did have a... Did that, did, did that involve a large brown envelope being sent <laughs> in direction? No comment. Um, I had a question for you. Uh, put, picturing yourself at the Ryder Cup, you're on the buggy, you know, you're doing a bit around the course. And I wondered, would you rather have Wilson sat beside you as you wander around the course or Sergio? <laughs> I would really hope, and I mean this so genuinely, I hope I have a very informed Sergio Garcia playing all five matches because he excels in that Ryder Cup. And uh, myself and Sergio are on reasonable terms now. I think we've come to terms with our our uh, our past history and, you know, Selfishly, no matter what, I want Sergio playing his very best, and I really do hope he makes it into my team on good form, because you know he has shown over the years that he is an absolute stalwart in the Ryder Cup. He's maturing in the team room, he's taking that leadership position, uh, you know, a playing leader. So yeah, a bit. <laughs> I have to say, Eddie, I hope he's not sitting on the buggy because he's playing. Yeah, there we are. Okay. Sergio playing. Wilson as one of the vice captains, um, just uh, yeah, just sitting in the buggy for morale, vice captain. I, 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 think, I think Wilson would be there as one of those. Uh, uh, is, what what's the kind of dogs that are, 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 are you know for comfort dogs? Thera- right? Therapy it's, dogs. It's, 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 yeah, it's like a therapy dog. I think they have a lot of them, and you mm. see that a lot in the states. So we could bring him along, so that you know, uh, in times of stress for the the players, maybe he could be the secret weapon to to help players chill out and relax yeah. yeah what's the vice captain doing oh he's just over there eating some rabbit poo so um i, I, <laughs> I think you know wilson better than <laughs> i just know dogs oh well that's great well listen we hope that all these things come to pass at the Ryder cup whether it's this year or next year and that we just get back playing golf but until until then keep posting the videos uh and hitting the house from inside or out podrick it's uh, it's great to talk to you thanks podrick you're welcome guys thanks podrick The Pepper Pod. So there we are, Podrig, Podrig Harrington. That's not his middle name, so I just said Podrig. Podrig, Podrig Harrington. Um, he's always good fun to listen to, though. Uh, very. I mean, he he's always been a great interviewer, a great talker, obviously, but uh, fa- he's fascinating on most subjects. Yeah, he is. He's great at entertainment about anything. You can talk to him about anything, and uh, he's a bit like Phil Mickelson on that front, I suppose. Well, both a bit. Uh, yes. Both a yes. little eccentric, but very, very insightful and interesting and intelligent and um, enlightening. <laughs> well, um, our next feature is none of those things, but it's becoming a regular feature, which the whole world is uh, ignoring, but it's time for this again. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there aren't many golfers called Alan. Right, thank you, Alan Hansen, once more. So there aren't many golfers called Alan, and this week our name is... It's quite a tough one this week. This was suggested by Georgie Bingham, who you were speaking to on the radio wireless system. Um, but she wanted George, obviously. So um, uh, so we've got, just got to come up with 
names of golfers, living or deceased, um, past or present, named George, and back and forth until one of us wins. And we've got to say a little bit about that about mm. that player as well. Um, I think I'll actually, have just to go. okay. There aren't many. Actually, just before we do this quickly, corrections and clarifications. The first week we did it when we were doing Andrews and Andys and the Eddies and Edwards. Uh, I said that TC Chen's double hit. I got it in my head that when Andy North won his second U.S. Open, I thought I had it in my head that it was eighty-four, but it wasn't. Of course, it was eighty-five. Oakland Hills, TC Chen with his double hit. Um, uh, and yeah, because eighty-four was winged foot. Fuzzy Zeller beating Greg Norman in a playoff after Norman had. Will one away right on in uh, regulation play as was his way. Uh, thanks to Kenny Reid, uh, old friend of mine, for pointing it out, and so that's that cleared up. So name for the week is George, and you can go first, Eddie. Thank you. Uh, that's required this week. I'm going for George Coetzee. It's the only George that came to my mind right. initially. South um, African. South African. A big man. Big man. And chunky. He is strong. Strong is the word, I would say. I've seen his calves and they would compete with Phil's. He is, um, many people might know this, that he's really into fishing and surfing, but they won't know this. And that he told me this last year and I couldn't believe it. I had to vet this through a number of sources and it's 100% true. He once was attacked by a shark on the surfboard. I think this was five or six years ago from memory. And he beat the shark off by punching it in the nose. Now, I know you're going to think that's a lie. And I know people aren't, there aren't going to believe me. But that is a true fact about George Coetzee. So, quite incredible, really. Yeah, well, it could have been a tiny little shark. Just, uh, no, George it was Coetzee a great white. Co- it was a great white. He was surfing in the Cape and it was, uh, it was a great white. It was Greg Norman just swimming. And he punched Greg Norman in the nose. Um, right, well, that's, that is impressive. Um, so, my uh, first George, the first one that came to mind and this... I was going to say it shows my age. It doesn't because he was playing before I was around. George Nudson, great Canadian. He was the great Canadian golfer. Uh, in fact, he still holds the record of um, most PGA Tour wins by a Canadian, although it's tied now by Mike Weir, a.k.a. Weirsy. Um, so, but George Nudson was a fantastic player. Um, uh, in fact, he was second in the Masters in 1969, which uh, was won by somebody else, who I might mention in a minute. There's a clue, but that's it. George Ooh. George Nudson. Never played in the Open, George Nudson. Three top tens at the Masters. But you think of, you know, that's players of days of yore didn't necessarily play in all four majors. So it'd be nice to have seen him playing at the Open. But George Nudson, go. OK, I'm going for George William Archer. I dropped the William in there because George Coetzee's middle name is also William. Um, there you go. And uh, the only fact that is, I think was interesting about this guy, although he was a very good player, I think he won 43 times as a professional, so Lee West would eat your heart out. But this guy was six foot five inches, so... Um, five and a half. You know, sorry? Six, five and a half, just to be precise. About George oh, was he? Archer. How do you know that? Because I uh, have it in my head, stroke Wikipedia. No, but George, yeah. I, I'm annoyed at that, Eddie. I'm annoyed because that was... Because the Open, uh, sorry, the Masters, 69, the George Nudson finished runner-up. That was the Masters that George, William Archer, all six foot five and a half of them won. So that was peak, the, the Masters that year was just peak George. Well, um, and what's interesting is then the winner in 1970 had a green jacket that was way too long for him. <laughs> um, they don't get the previous year's green jacket. Do they, they don't? Not? No, they don't pass on. It's not the the previous year's winner doesn't give him their jacket. They keep it. They don't I, give him the winner the no. jacket from the well, guy the year that, before. That's a shame. But you're, from memory, I remember last year in the entry form of the Masters, I had to give my jacket size yeah. sizes, and I just responded and I just put no point. 
dropping that, did you? Did yeah, you? no point. <laughs> There's no point in any of this. That's, see, there we are. That's quite interesting. So you, so you do get asked your jacket size, and that's why, because they're not giving you George Archer's giant jacket. Um, right, so there are... Uh, okay, you've you've archered me. Oh, I've got another email. How exciting. Um, uh, oh, struggling already. Uh, Boy George, he and the rest of the members of Culture Club, did they play Unwind and Days Off on tour? Play, I don't know. Um, George, 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 uh, the Scottish guy, uh, won the Open way back when. Uh, George, George Duncan, George Duncan won the Open uh, in the 20s, I think. Um, George Duncan. So I'm anyway. actually going to beat you this week because I have one more. Oh, no. And um, he's the son of, the unbeknownst son, I think, of a famous architect, Tom Fazio. And this player's called George Fazio. Um, so are there... Uh, the unbeknown son. Yeah, Tom doesn't know that George is his son, um, which is amazing because is this, I actually think George is, this, is older than Tom. Right. But, okay. So um, is this is this just you being silly now, or is this legally questionable? I'm going to have to bring the dogs out again. No, 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 no. This is true. Um, George Fazio won twice on the PGA Tour, so I think that's three two to oh, me right. this week. So in other so words, it's not for me. So in other words, he's older than Tom Fazio, so we don't have to um, dog that out. Um, okay, George, George, George Weir. Not George Weir, the Liberian footballer turned uh, presidential hopeful. Or did he become president? George Weir was an amateur, was a, a good amateur player when I was playing boys golf. Uh, his older brother, Angus Weir, was a very good player as well. Does that count? Or does it have to be? I'll give <laughs> you a bit. 3-3. Uh, three, three. Three. Okay, let's just draw close to, to, to this game. There aren't many golfers called Alan, or indeed George. Thanks, Georgie Bingham. <laughs> Right, so that's just about it. Um, actually, some reviews come in, and I don't you, you don't live or die by reviews, but some very nice reviews have come in as, as well. Um, uh, not, in fact, no unpleasant ones. Don't add an unpleasant one now, just because we said we haven't got any unpleasant ones. But um, here's one from Stu in Marbs, which I presume is Marbella. Lucky man. Or maybe not just now. I don't know. Stu, lost my podcast virginity to you two. I've never subscribed to a podcast before, but so glad you two have got together. Love the rambling, self-effacing style. Laughed out loud several times. Um, cheers. And I was shouting Bill Longmuir. Bill Longmuir. You won't know Bill Longmuir, Eddie, will you? Bill Longmuir. He Does led he the... anything o- to do with the clothing? Uh, no, that's, that's Glenn Muir again. Oh. Uh, so Bill Bill Pringle Longmuir, Lyle and Scott. Bill Longmuir led the Open at St Andrews 84 after the first round, I think. Then Ian Baker Finch took it over. Uh, and then Baker Finch, I remember him putting in the water. I think he played with a yellow ball in 84, Baker Finch. Anyway, and then it was left to bias Davis and Tom Watson. This podcast is going on and on and on. So I'm just going to... Uh, someone slated the opening music as well. Where's that one? Hang on a second. Oh, yeah, so this is um, from The Real David W., as if there are many fakes. Fantastic. Still gives it five stars, so thank you for that. Really great news to have the pod up and running, blah, 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 blah. Um, blah, blah, blah. But the intro music is truly terrible. Um, well, that's... Um, I, I, it's not... It was just because it was... I I don't know. It's just a bit of silly music. Um, I quite like it. I actually quite like it. I had quirky. no input. Yeah, it is. It suits um, your personality. It could have been a lot cooler, which would have suited mine, but... Um, you know, I quite like it, Andrew. Actually, yep. I think you did a good job. Anyway, uh, up to uh, yes, we've got sixty-nine countries listening to us. So, uh, Zambia. I've added uh, someone in Zambia, Eswatini, and Papua New Guinea. Um, Eswatini, for those who don't know, is what Swaziland used to be called up to two thousand eighteen. So, somebody's listening in Eswatini, which is the birthplace of which actor? Do you know which actor comes from Swaziland? Stroke Eswatini. 
I think it was the guy who was in Notting Hill, Richard E. Grant. <laughs> that's not that's not Richard E. Grant. Are you being deliberately obtuse again? Are you being deliberately Oh, it's Hugh Grant. <laughs> you told me Richard E. Grant was from Eswatini. Or he from is. Richard Swaziland. E. Grant is from es- es- Swaziland. So Eswatini. That's, that's um, amazing, actually. Yeah, amazing indeed. Uh, so there we are. That's pretty much it from us. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for avoiding all the nonsense out there by listening to this nonsense. But uh, stay safe, stay happy, and we will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.